Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're taking a look at the unemployment rates around the country and learning what that means from a real estate perspective. Now, you might be wondering, what can the unemployment rate tell us that would be useful for real estate markets? The U.S. recorded the lowest number of jobless claims in the pandemic in the second last week of May. This is a sign that the economic recovery is taking hold. The number of people vaccinated has risen quickly in the first quarter. It's starting to slow down, but still the number of infections and hospitalizations in the U.S. are falling steadily, and many local economies are reopening as a result. We've got some states that have been slow to open from the pandemic and others that have been much faster on the path to economic recovery. In a recent report published in the Wall Street Journal, which relies on data from ZipRecruiter, there are some states where the number of job seekers exceeds the number of job openings. There are a lot of people still looking for work. Those who have lost their jobs are having a hard time. I'm thinking of states like California and Arizona. This is not a red versus blue argument. These states were very hard hit by the pandemic, and they've been slow to reopen their economies. California's unemployment rate is still at 8.3%, and it's held pretty steady since earlier this year. But in other states like Utah and Idaho and Kansas, the number of job openings far exceed the number of unemployed by more than 3 to 1. Finding qualified labor in today's market has proven difficult in those states. The current unemployment rate in Utah is only 2.8%. A number that low would be the envy of almost any economy. Most economists would tell you that a number that low really represents full employment. Idaho has an unemployment rate of 3.1% at the end of April. These are amazingly low numbers. So as a result, fully half the states in the U.S. have decided to end the special pandemic unemployment benefits ahead of the previously published September deadline. Many states are ending benefits in the next two to three weeks by the middle of June. It remains to be seen whether the labor shortage is the result of people preferring to stay at home and collect unemployment benefits, as many have asserted, or whether there's truly a labor shortage in many markets. By the end of June, we will start to know the answer to that question. As these benefits end, we'll want to keep a close eye on the job metrics and see how these new jobs get filled. Will the labor come from the local population, people that were sitting at home collecting an unemployment check, or will it be the result of migration from other parts of the country? Of course, it's very difficult to generalize, but some states like Utah, which have very strong Midwestern values, I have a hard time believing that there are people sitting at home collecting a government check and watching Netflix all day long. It just doesn't feel right. So the real question is whether the job creation will also create new demand for housing that's not apparent in the current real estate market metrics. We're seeing strong migration into those Midwestern mountain states. Some people are clearly moving to those states. I personally have spoken with several in the past year who are relocating. Some are moving for work, but in fact, many are moving just for the lifestyle, for the more relaxed pace of life associated with those states. The second quarter of this year is projected to have very strong, real GDP growth across the nation. Just like the pandemic accelerated certain trends that were already underway, we're going to see recovery from the pandemic create further acceleration of those trends. Supply chain disruptions have caused companies to invest in domestic manufacturing. The fragility of global supply chains has shown that local manufacturing can be essential to maintaining business continuity. That, too, is creating jobs. And if they're not ready to set up manufacturing, then they're setting up local warehousing and making sure that there's a more flexible inventory management system. 
the 1980s and 90s and early 2000s were all about streamlining inventories and reducing inventories with just-in-time supply chains, making sure that nothing sat in inventory a minute longer than it needed to be to the point where many businesses don't even own the inventory that they actually have in their pipeline. They would rely and trust upon the supply chain to deliver items exactly when they were needed. Hence the term just-in-time manufacturing. But as the year 2020 has taught us, security of supply is as important, in some cases more important, than minimizing the cost of your inventory. And therefore, we're seeing a lot of supply and logistics companies making significant investments to solve that problem. I'm encouraged when I hear of new manufacturing jobs. These jobs create real domestic product. So much of our GDP is really consumption, has nothing to do with production. Production, in my mind, is the cornerstone of a healthy economy. And when you manufacture products that the rest of the world wants to buy, you're creating real value. So when I look at real estate metrics, I'm also looking at job creation metrics as a leading indicator of housing demand. When there's jobs that are unfilled, that's eventually going to result in migration. And that migration is eventually going to result in demand for housing. In an environment with extremely low inventories, that supply-demand imbalance is going to create upward pressure on pricing, and those are the market conditions that I want whenever I'm investing in a particular sub-market. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.